Happy Tuesday and welcome to Ricardo Sturdivant's Tuesday Feels live on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. Um, so we're live today. We've got Ricardo over here, as you can see, working on something cool. We'll bring him in just a second right after we tell you about where to find us, all that good stuff. So if you guys are watching the stream, let us know that everything is working in the chat or just say hi. We'd love to monitor those and talk about that on the show. If you have any questions for Ricardo, Amber or I or anyone else, just let us know. If you would like to join, I put the link on our calendar, which can be found at reinventingthetattoo.com. Scroll to the bottom, today's date, January 31st, and you can click the link to join. Other days of the week that we have some pretty cool content going on are Sundays. Uh, the Reinventing Drawing Group led by Jason Leeser titled Skill Building Sundays happens every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Monday is pretty busy for us. We have lots of different events going on every Monday at 9 a.m. We have Drawing for Tattooers led by James Wisdom. At 11 a.m. Eastern is the Tattoo Weekly. Next week, we have Ben Shaw joining us. Uh, 5 p.m. is Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Rapole. And at 9 p.m. is the Evolution Classes. They just did a really cool final project last night. So if you guys want to check that out all on Instagram, um, yeah, search for that and you'll find a lot of cool projects. Uh, Tuesdays right here with Ricardo. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. is the Tattoo Now show. Also on Wednesdays, we have our Business Roundtable led by Gabe Ripley. Thursdays at 6 p.m. is Tattoo Collecting 101, live from the True Tattoo Supply Warehouse. Other than that, there's all sorts of stuff on the website, learning material that will keep you super occupied for a very long time. As we spoke about apprentices last night, if you do have an apprentice, uh, the episode with Renee Little's Paint Jam last night was a good one. Um, all the other material, we have courses from BJ Betts, Bob Tyrell, Andre Malcolm, and more all at reinventingthetattoo.com. Before we do get started, we also want to say thank you to Guy Aitchison providing this and inventing this network for everybody, um, and Gabe Ripley for all of the tech support that he's provided for all of us. Um, if you guys have any questions, just send us a message over at reinvent or at management at reinventingthetattoo.com. All right, y'all. How's it going? Ricardo? Hey, Lauren. Good morning. How are morning. you doing? Great. <clears throat> it's cold yeah, here. It was 10 below zero here, so I'm a little bit on the chilly side. Ugh. Gosh. Yeah, we have the same kind of inclement weather, I think, that, that you do down here in Illinois. Yep, um, probably. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. It sucks. It got us it got me cold last week, so I'm sorry I missed last week. That's um, okay. I ended up having like a pretty pretty bad cough and sinus issues and stuff like that, but we're back on the mend now. All right, what about you, Amber? Here. Doing good, Amber? Yes, I am. I am soaking up my new apprenticeship. Oh, yeah? Every minute I can get. That's a good thing. In New Jersey, there's like a certain amount of hours you have to spend tracing, and then a certain amount of hours you have to spend on fake skin, and then a certain amount of hours you have to spend doing, you know, the free tattoos. Uh, Caroline Evans was ta talking a little bit about apprenticeships when I was hanging out with her in Philadelphia last weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, it's just a lot different in every everywhere you go. Yeah, each state is different. And New Jersey has hourly requirements. Yeah, and it's yeah. up to the your mentor to track those hours. So I'm putting in as many days as I can. I'm getting so those hours. It's up to your problem. mentor. Do you track them too? Yes, I keep them written down in my in my um tattoo journal. So that kind of keeps you. I'm just curious, you know, in Wisconsin or you know, I've seen it all over the place where someone will start with a mentor and then they'll just dip. What would happen if you did that? Not not saying that you would, but like, how does that work if 
an apprentice? Um, it would either be up to my next mentor to trust me on how many hours I've put in or start me back at the beginning. Like I'm starting back at the beginning again because I've oh. done this twice. Okay. So I'm starting at the beginning again. And, you know, my mentor was like, I don't want to hear anything about starting at the beginning again, just because you have some experience. And I'm like, no, teach me how to tattoo. Like I'm a five-year-old. Like I've never <laughs> tattooed. I am here to learn from you and get my license. You do what you got to do. And I'm here for it. Got it. Yeah. New Jersey is uh, pretty interesting laws. I was also speaking to Caroline about that recently not too recently, but over the last several months, there are some serious issues going on in legislation in New Jersey, particularly mm -hmm. in New Jersey with wording, how things would be categorized. And it was, it was a large matter of fact where it was just a coincidence um, that that information was made public or tattooers were aware of it. And they had like yeah. a tiny window of time uh, to do something about it. And uh, they all rallied pretty quick though. Yep. Uh, do you want to kind of fill us in on that since you're from New Jersey? Yeah. So um, I, I don't ask, know but... all that much about it. Sure. I okay. do know that, you know, there was, it was basically a matter of wording. Yep. It needed to be worded differently to not basically wipe out the entire tattoo industry. And, you know, all the tattooers and apprentices rallied and wrote in and called their, you know, their representatives and showed up in time to change their mind and get the wording changed so new jersey basically didn't change as much as we thought it was going to yeah and i believe what it was was there's like a small window where they had on their website without really releasing this information everywhere it wasn't streamlined a small window for the industry to speak on what was about to happen and that was yeah. just a fluke so what i'm getting at with asking you this question is like when things like that do happen um, it's good to constantly have your ears to the ground, especially with any sort of local yes. jurisdiction or federal level stuff. Wow. So, yeah, and that's New Jersey particularly had that hit really hard. Yeah, and and New Jersey politics goes up and down all the time. So if you're not paying attention to your local government or even just your state government, they can change your career and your life without you even knowing. It. That's yep. kind of true. And and all in all matters of like government and stuff like that, right? Like the local government is actually what makes a lot of impact. Yeah. On some, on some bigger some bigger issues sometimes. Um, it's I thought Illinois was the only mob gangster state. You know what I mean? But I guess New Jersey is too. No. Yeah, um, it's Jersey. Yeah. We're pretty sure Jimmy Hoff is here somewhere. <laughs> Well, um, there are some other states that like Missouri, Arkansas area that do questionable things. But really, I think the the one of the issues could be, which, by the way, Gabe, are you here? I, I am here in the background. How are you? Everybody? <laughs> good. Good to hear from you. You know, I'm That's always fun. ranting about this type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, happy Tuesday. Um, Come in. I said happy Tuesday to you. Ah, happy Tuesday. Hope yep. everybody's feeling. I mean, the fact that we are feeling means we're alive. So that's amazing. That's what they say. You're not alive to your dad. Hey Ricardo, can you zoom in at all what on what you're working on? Uh let me see if I can put the camera up in a different spot. Hang on, let me tell you. Um I know I'm familiar with what's on top. Nice. Let me spotlight yeah. this. I'm just playing around with some undertone um uh painting right now. 
I'm going to go back through and glaze over the majority of it, but I'm just trying to get like some of the structure and stuff like that down right now for this deer. And there'll be a lot more stuff kind of uh, included from the background into it. <clears throat> Can you see? Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, and I'm just kind of like, right now I'm kind of painting a couple little pictures for some friends and family and stuff like that. And just kind of staying in the practice, you know what I mean? It's a lot of fun to kind of give gifts like this sometimes. So what are you, uh, what, that seems pretty small from what I normally see you working on. So that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's just like, um, I'm just trying to work on my brushwork really. Um, and trying to find ways to, um, cover the canvas in as few strokes as possible uh, with it still being effective and like somewhat aesthetically pleasing too, you know? Uh, I just, I really like when I see paintings and you can see like the, um, that unspoken kind of characteristic of the, the brush strokes coming through it. Uh, so. I think you'll yeah. value that more and more as AI kind of comes in to play. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think that, man, I've been seeing some crazy stuff on, on the AI and the things lately and it's it's blowing my mind um there's a lot of tattoo artists i've seen recently giving talks and, and expressing their opinions on what they think that'll do for the tattoo industry uh as far as them being tattoo artists i'm sure it's going to change up a lot of things for everybody who, 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 who have you been listening to uh, talk about it in the tattoo world? <clears throat> there's a there's a trendy guy on instagram from europe uh i can't recall his name off the top of my head right now um but he's been He's been talking about uh, the point he's making is that like it's going to make like it to where clients in general can kind of just go to this generator, these AI generators and type in their ideas and then bring that to the tattoo artist himself. You know what I mean? So that's going to be one way that it's going to change up things quite a bit that way. Um, I also think I don't know if he touched on it or not, but I've been thinking a lot about how Procreate in general has, has kind of created. I don't I'm not going to say a, like a I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's subtract a lot of, of hard work and steps that a lot of people have implemented into their career, as far as like composition, putting pictures together and things like that. You know what I mean? It's really easy for mm -hmm. people to just snatch things from Google right now, Google images, just kind of mash them up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And well, I'm not, well, and you could practically use, uh, or not now necessarily, but you can almost use the AI images as a Photoshop, right? So, you know, take this picture and clean up the background, take this picture and take out the you know cat that fucking walked by or whatever you know in many ways a lot of the at some point photoshop would be uh you know uh, text driven or, or audio driven potentially yeah i mean it seems that way i mean just this morning i i saw um a little court or a little short like reel about somebody that asked ai to make uh mortal combat like sneakers like nike shoes you know mm -hmm. what i mean they, they came up mm -hmm. like designs for each and every character man it's just like and they look great too you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you can't deny the fact that they look fantastic you know what i mean but um it's I don't know, man, a it's really get... weird spot in this argument because it's like you copy shit all day long or not everyone it's not like every tattooer <sighs> always is copying shit all day long but like i don't know 80 percent of the tattooers are copying shit all day long mm -hmm. yeah so, totally uh, uh, you know it's, it's it's for me it's horrific to see what's happening to like the illustrators how you know you could, to your point, you could spend eight, you know, 60, 80 years, imagine being Boris Vallejo and then watching what's happening. You know, I mean, of course, Boris is probably like, yeah, this shit kind of sucks. I can't draw and the eyes are disproportionate. Uh, but also in five years, you know, all of a sudden I could draw hands and the eyes are proportionate. Um, 
the the tattooers so it's like illustrators are now you know uh, me really needing to figure out how to keep getting paid uh, whereas tattooers it's like every half half you know most tattooers are like adequate at best anyways but now with access to like you know design tools like this like the ai it's like it's almost like you you're not going to be able to get away with being a second rate tattooer, you know, um, just to wrap it up. I was, I was showing off, uh, I don't know, one of them, you know, one of them that was ripping off the artist, right. And uh, I did a search for like, or a query for Roger Dean dragon sleeve. And uh, as I was talking with the artist on the phone, we I did like three or four iterations of it and then enhanced one of them. And then at the end of it, it's like, you know, 10 minutes later, we're looking at a fucking, you know, Roger Dean inspired dragon sleeve design that looks sick. And the, and the artist was like, damn, like, is it, is it ethical for a tattooer to not use this? Right. Right. Like, yep. but how do, how does the artist get paid? Right. So for me, I'm like, well, man, if you hammer out that fucking five, $10,000, you know, Roger Dean sleeve, you should probably, you know, cut Roger a check for a grand. Right. Um, but, but that's not sustainable. That's not like how, how to, so for me, the biggest issue was like, how do we keep artists, you know, getting paid? Cause you know, it's a rough one already well where the where does the ai is pulling these images from somewhere so mm -hmm. i guess oh, the, yeah. just it's kind of like we 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 all kind of been creating this beast for a very long time with the amount yeah, that yeah. we but, have to be seen but like to that point like 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 you know if roger dean gets you know three cents per every image that might use some of his you know stuff uh, you know his images as a as reference I, you know that all of a sudden turns into like the record companies right it's like you know sure the record company you know it's not napster right like you know napster was making sure the artists didn't get paid so spotify is going to make sure they get paid 0 0.03 cents per play you know it's like i don't know most, mostly it's like i gotta I, we gotta figure out a way that that you know that the, the artists would be incentivized to spend fucking countless hours creating new cool shit because you know and it's you know because because yeah it's it's crazy you know one of the things my daughter is saying is like well the ai is only regurgitating right it's only coming up with stuff and, and it's like well kind of but it's it's regurgitating new ideas that we haven't thought of you know it's like exactly if, if it might spit out 10 things and seven of them suck but three of them are pretty cool that we can we can embellish upon uh Oh, crazy. But anyways, I'm interested in uh, tattooers versus artists. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I go, yeah. What were you going to say, uh, uh, Amber? Um, That's about my rate of success, too. I'll churn out like seven things and maybe three out of, you know, seven are good and the other ones suck. Sure. Well, you know, I have to say my, sorry, just, I, I, I love AI. I've been talking about this with my daughter a lot. Like one of my biggest arguments against all this stuff, they're like, you know, th this isn't good or that isn't good. I'm like, yeah, well, most people aren't good. You know, all people really do is regurgitate shit, right? Like, yeah. You know, most people uh, aren't conscious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, right. In our business roundtable recently, uh, Mickey said something pretty interesting. He was talking about as a tattooer, you're offering a service. Uh, to do the artwork uh, and it kind of would depend on what type of service you're offering if it's a regurgitated one which is can be pretty badass because we all can attest to that we they're amazing capabilities but at the same time you could offer an original service where it comes from your brain and many clients that desire that so it's kind of um you know we felt like the we imagine if we were 50 years ago all the different types of things even having an infinite amount of movies in my pocket 
It's just mm -hmm. everything and every way is changing. Um, I think what's best is to do like Gabe and just understand it, you know, yeah, because it's inevitable. It's here. Well, not only that, but I mean, like Gabe brought up an interesting point uh, or one of us that uh, where it was um, we were talking about how your AI is kind of compiling this information from somewhere. Right. And it's the same thing with humans, too. Like, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but whenever I go to uh, art museums, is that there's at least one or two people there with a little like travel palette and they're replicating an image. You know what I mean? And one of the best things you can do whenever you're trying to study style as far as paint styles and stuff like that is go and paint the painting as close to like the way the method that the artist might have used in the first place. Yeah. So, and we're doing that to improve our understanding of the art that we're looking at. Right. And to improve our skill and stuff like that too, and kind of hone in on what it is that might come, come become our voice. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's almost the same thing as what we've been doing as, as a species for a long time. You see one person doing one thing, and you kind of take that, you understand the information and you kind of, you know, expand on it. So, I mean, it's really no different except for the fact that it's like, it's something synthetic that's doing it entirely for us. Right. I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, but, but I think that there is a point when Gabe was saying that like, you have to kind of, um, you do have to kind of understand it and stuff like what you're saying, Lauren. And I, I think it is important not to run away from it too. I mean, it can be a resourceful tool. You know, um, it can be a resourceful tool. I think when we rely on it completely, though, that's that's where it becomes the issue, though. Yeah. Like calculators. Like calculators. No one, exactly. no one could do math. Yeah, right. but growing up, they said, what, do you have a calculator in your back pocket? <laughs> yes, all the time. So it's like, you know, you can say that, and yeah, my my calculator could die, but then I'd use one that, ha I'd use another one. You know what I mean? So it's it's just like, it sucks and people can tell you this, this, and this for a certain period of time. But like Gabe said, in five years, it's different again. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that um, figuring out a way to, you can either take a stance or not, but I think that taking a stance kind of puts you into a certain, uh, you know, a category, you know, where you're like, I'm totally against this AI. And then it continues to develop and become behind the times, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, people, you could be you could be against airplanes too. Yeah, <laughs> trains for that matter. Even God wanted yeah. us to fly, we'd have wings. You know, I, I think about that a lot. Like, there's a lot of um, old train trestles and stuff like that around here in Illinois, like the smaller mm -hmm. the smaller towns and stuff, where um, you can clearly see the indication of where train tracks used to be on the streets. Even you know what I mean? Like they're kind of like you know they start to the, the cement or the the pavement starts to kind of concave a little bit and these are impression you can see the old tracks and stuff even still sometimes man. Mm -hmm. and um, that was a technology that was very at the forefront of america for at one point in time you know what i mean and how it became is a whole other issue but i mean as far as the technology base of things i think i think that kind of lends to the idea of we're only as as capable of the information that we have at the present time right and every generation will always say that they're smarter than the last one smarter than the last one you know what i mean but that's not necessarily true because it's only the, the information that's being presented to you at the moment and then you have you do have to understand that fact and i think um i think that we have to remember that it's not it is pretty life-changing i think because we've never technically had this kind of information uh, available to us like lauren said like our phones are in our pockets all the time they're small computers like we're on the i'm on my phone right now talking to whoever's watching <laughs> it's incredible but um you know i think there is a time where we do 
have to realize that, um, I don't know, man. I think with all the information, all the AI stuff going on right now, I think it's going to be like any other trend. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be really huge for a while. It's going to have a successful movement. I don't think it's going to completely replace artists, though. I think it. I, I think it's like records. You know what I mean? Well, like people love records, though. I love the way the sound of record sounds. I mean, I can pull up anything I want on my Spotify, no problem. Like right now, you know what I mean? But like, there's something tangible about feeling. Me feeling that texture, like even a book, you know what I mean? Like I can listen to Audible, I can read a book on my my iPad or my phone, but there's still something so awesome about being able to like hold open a book, smell it, sit down with it, you know what I mean? Be in a room by yourself with it, you know what I mean? There, there's something tangible about that. And I don't I don't think, I think that it's, it's gonna be something that can't be replaced, you know? I think that there will be accessible things to, to our, to us, but I, I don't, I don't know if it'll replace that element of, uh, of a human hand. One thing I was thinking about when a uh, creature commented, I try to tattoo beautiful things at my level, wherever they come from. And I was thinking kind of brings me into the client perspective of like, how do I tell you what I want? Because I want something and I can't communicate that like you can. You're like, well, do you want this and this? Why well, I came up with this? I think it kind of evolves the client to another level as well, because then they can, they can utilize some of these ideas that they're not able to communicate. <clears throat> and it, you know, hey. Yeah, agreed. You know, one of the things I worked on, and um, I think I mentioned, like I smoked a joint a couple of weeks ago, and I implemented uh, mm -hmm. Chat GPI into the, uh, or maybe it was Stable Diffusion into Tattoo Now, so that, and not in theory, I have a rough. It's not great because it's still, you know, rough, but uh, we could take all of the prompts, or I convert, now they're called prompts, right? Like the, the, the consultation form that a client fills out online that has all of its, keywords it has the body part it has the style that they're looking for it might even contain some reference images that they've found and i could take all that information run it through uh the api the stable diffusion api and you know deliver to the artist you know the consultation form along with eight ai driven ideas based off of the customer's consultation wow it makes the artist step up because most mm. times i'm assuming that's either not in their skill set or not in, I mean, there's so many things that, I mean, it just good communication. But, but like, so, but for instance, it's like, what if your, your consultation was delivered with like six different, you know, style, different, you know, uh, variations of what the client might want. I guess, hmm. and yeah. ultimately, you know, when, when people fight about or, or, or argue about whether, you know, AI is going to be better than human or take over humans or humans versus AI, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen the different games fall, right? Like first chess fell and then go fell. And I think Texas Hold'em, like single player Texas Hold'em poker uh, yeah. is now beatable by the computer. Like the computer is, a, you know, undefeated champion of, uh, but what, what still happens is person plus AI beats AI or people. You know, it's, uh, you know, the, the combination still of, uh, of a human brain, plus this amazing you know, machine learning engines um, do still beat straight up AI, um, at least for the time being. So, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think that people are, I mean, a lot of people will be replaced, right? I mean, a lot of jobs got replaced by fucking machines and factories and robots. I mean, all sorts of jobs get replaced yeah. all the time. Uh, you know, so certainly there's a lot of jobs getting replaced, but it just, uh, you know, changes where the, where the skill set is needed. And uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird. In some ways, part of me is like, oh man, 
if AI really does take over in 15, 20 years and does everybody's job better, we better be in a communist state by then so that everyone has fucking, you know, shelter and food at the least, right? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, if we don't have to work, again, in a capitalist system, it's, you know, kind of set up for us to, like, work our 40 hours so that we could, you know, make the money to eat the food. But, like, you know, if that work is done better and more efficiently, uh, what are we going to do? That's exactly right, Gabe. Uh, you hit on a really big point there, man. It's still a symbiotic kind of thing, right? Um, and I think you're right. Uh, there's an engineer named Jacques Fresco. Uh, he used to design um, medical instruments for doctors, but then you know he started getting recruited by the government, and then they started building, helping them build better parts for more effective bombs, right? Um, but he had an idea on a utopia for humans and nirvana for humans, but it did require us to rely heavily on machines, AI driven machines that farmed for us. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Built cars, homes for us and stuff like that. We have all these shareable things, um, you know, like cars. Yeah. That's him right there. Uh, he was also responsible for building. Uh, I think he engineered like uh, weatherproof homes, like, you know, stormproof homes and stuff like that too. But he did have this idea for this utopia where, everything was shared, everything was communal, um, and the machines were the, the ones responsible, so it eliminated work and any kind of need for currency and stuff like that too. However, the way that he, the one thing that he did hypothesize is that what needed to happen and be implemented in order for this to work is for us to eliminate art, music, and most of human culture too. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like that's what, that? that's what, what's that? I don't that? know if I'd want to live without this. Why is, why is that? Like, what, what, I guess in my why mind, I'm like, that's what we'd be doing, right? Like, that, that's exactly, that's why it I has value in it, maybe eliminating that value. I, I mean, but then you eliminate the, the essence of what it is to be human, though. You know what I mean? Like, our ideas and our, um, our, our identical or our, our own identified self is actually what it is that makes us part of a human evolution, right? In my opinion, I think that without it, even though we would, even though there probably wouldn't be fighting. And I think that's what he's trying to say is that we would have to eliminate the need for consumption. You know what I mean? Where everybody has equal part in this stake, you know what I mean? And there's no, there's no one person that's going to try to get more in the process of being, having everything be free. Um, and I, I think that that is one of the things that conditions us to have, have wars, have fights, have, you know, battles over property and, and things that are produced by nature, you know what I mean? But um, I honestly don't, I mean, I personally would not want to live in a world where it, I didn't have art or music or anything like that, because I know how driven I am just by listening to, to music, you know what I mean? Like music <laughs> has been so inspiring to me in so many different levels of my life. I mean, shit, I've even been listening to some old music that I listened to when I was 13 or, or 14. And I, I'm hearing the lyrics and it's like, I'm hearing them again for the first time in my life. You know what I mean? Cause these, these songs were written by people that were older and have gone through more experiences than, than I have at the time. And I related to them and identified them in an entirely different way. You know what I mean? Now you're probably now, older than they were when they wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Right. And so now, now I get to experience that in an, an entirely different view. Like, can you imagine not having that moment in your life? And there's a lot of people around us that unfortunately they don't experience that probably ever in their life. And that's very unfortunate. Um, but there are some of us that help 
I don't know, uh, inspire more ideas. You know what I mean? There's a lot of artists that are, that are before us, like guy, you know what I mean? That without his, his, um, his inclination to kind of like delve deeper into what it is that he's doing and understand it in a better way, we wouldn't be here right now. You know what I mean? So I, that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as like how that involves like human culture. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I, I've watched, I've watched the, a video that he made. I think you can probably pull it up on the website and stuff like that. Um, and it's really interesting for sure. And the idea of having all this tech and stuff like that, and the idea of no war and stuff like that is awesome. I've, I've always done my best to try to lend a hand whenever I can, you know, to people that are out on the street and stuff like that too. You know what I mean? But um, I think that's, that's an entirely different scenario than just taking culture and stuff like that away so everybody can live blissfully you know what i mean i don't know dude that might sound kind of like you know i don't know uh heartless and stuff like that but i think it is important for us all to be able to share and things and stuff like that but i don't know what do you guys think i can't imagine living in a world with no music or no art i think what he sees is just like a a basis or whatever whereas like when you're introducing human spirit you just it fluctuates um and there's and like you said the the essence of being a human um cannot be linear success no i mean i I mean that's like again that's one of the main arguments i'll have with with my daughter uh sometimes is like you know when you're i mean and just just defining consciousness defining art you know is is difficult enough and and again when when we're defining consciousness and again, a lot of people in AI are like, oh my God, the AI has become sentient or it's going to become sentient. Like in some ways it's like, are most, are people sentient? Like, like you know, and, and you know, I was listening to a podcast about uh, genetics and they were really honing in on the differences between uh, some of the larger apes, chimpanzees maybe, and human beings. And the really interesting part that I was, uh, exposed to, I think, for the first time, uh, or the concept was basically if you take a, you know, a, a baby chimpanzee, and then you put them on a deserted island, you know, their inha- inherent the stuff that they know, the instincts, uh, are pretty much the same uh, whether they're on a deserted island or whether they're in, uh, you know, their natural habitat with other chimpanzees. Uh, you take a human baby and you put it on a deserted island. Uh, and, you know, and it raises itself, uh, it'll have very similar-ish uh, instincts, you know, there's no need to learn a language, so there's no, la- so there's a whole part of the language, part of the brain that doesn't turn on, uh, and there's like one or two, I mean, there's a couple other things, like, but mostly the, the main difference is human baby will, uh, you know, not adapt languages, not adapt a couple of key things uh on the island but then you put the human baby obviously with other humans and all of a sudden the possibilities become well what they what they've become and so the the hypothesis i think here is that really what makes humans unique is not the fact that it's so fucking amazing we have a brain that could do all this shit uh, but that we could communicate all this shit to other brains you know and it's the uh you know combination of the brains and the and the energies going in between the different brains uh that are really unique you know for, for, for to, to the human beings uh the, the reason why we're able to accomplish the things that we are um i i find it really fascinating just to think that uh, it is the actual act of being part of a community that makes human beings progress you know uh, over the other uh, biological beings in this case i guess 
Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you, uh, Gabe. I saw a study on the same kind of thing with uh, um, some monkeys that were washing sweet potatoes on an island or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of them, so one of them started washing a sweet potato, and apparently. I don't know how many generations of monkey it was, but after a few generations, other monkeys on other islands that had no contact with them were starting to kind uh-huh. of do this thing. You know what I mean? So there, I, I think, you know, you hit on a few different subjects that I really love because, or a few topics that I really love because one, I think there is this, this, this uh, invisible connection that we all have for sure. Mentally, not only just like, you know, on a spiritual level or whatever, you know what I mean? But like on a, on a very mental kind of level, I think there's, there's a connection between all of us. And I think that there's some kind of stream that we're, that we tap into sometimes whenever creativity starts to hit us and stuff like that too. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's been in existence for a long time and I think it kind of like recycles, you know what I mean? But um, you know, the, the monkey thing, and I, I can't imagine to go back to Jacques Fresco again, can you imagine a world where like this is it. Like, these are your parameters. This is where we all live. This is how we all think. Like how, how long would it take us to go insane? And if, if I think it's already been proven that that'll happen. Every culture that is tried to stamp out individuality winds up with some really depraved people. Mm. Yeah. That's true. And th- there are some cultures already that, you know, they're they're taught at a y- very young age that you're not supposed to identify as a self. You're supposed to identify as like a communal kind of thing. Like so like your 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 achievements shouldn't be looked at as like these large grandiose things sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to just kind of like be very passive about it, be very kind of like, you know, communal about it. And it's supposed to be, be the betterment of the, the society rather than the self. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that those those places are as intense as they might sound, but I think that they do exist now. You know, there are some other places. There's um, a, there's like a lot of Amish culture around where my father lives. So mm-hmm. it absolutely exists. And it just, it's interesting to, to see uh, their, their expression when they're exposed to something that is creative. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a total spark. It's super interesting. So like you have this, we innately have this in us no matter what. Like if if we lived in this utopian society and one day a beautiful butterfly comes in and we're all like, we're just struck. It's, that's all it takes. It could be today, tomorrow. It could be in five minutes, you know what I mean? Or a hundred years, but we all have that in us to be, to want that creative stream. I think um, it's like one for one or one of many. Yeah, I agree with you. And I don't know about you guys, but um it's pretty empowering empower empowering sorry whenever you um are able to see a change in yourself you know what i mean uh whenever you can are are attached enough to the moment to be able to see a change in somebody else even you know what i mean or to be able to like say something that impacts somebody that that might develop like a, a more positive kind of outlook on things too you know and so i can't imagine that life without that kind of an instance and you're right even nature itself would kind of like do that at some point in time right um so i don't know i mean i i think uh, yeah i don't know where else i'm gonna go with that but i agree with you lauren i think at some point in time something's gonna happen to where it's gonna kind of invoke some kind of emotion there's another movie christian bell's in it uh man i can't remember the name of the freaking movie 
they live in some world and everybody's taking these pills that kind of suppress emotions and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And um, everybody's just kind of very stoic. And uh, I can't remember some... the name of it either, but it was really good. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me look it up real quick. It's a really good movie. I don't think it got as much notoriety as it should have, but um, it's, it's awesome. Let's see. It's right on the tip of my tongue, too. But anyways, um, yeah. Let's see. I think I got it right here. Oh, look at that. Look at me looking at a computer to find the information. Equilibrium? Equilibrium. You got it. That's That's it. So I pretended, like, in that case, I was like, okay, well, what did Ricardo just say? And I put that into Google and boom. So, you yeah. know, sometimes yeah. it can be advantageous to have something where. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, that, you know, it's, that's really cool when you're right, because like there's so many times you can have a conversation and, and be able to pull things up, but you know, you have the, the uh, encyclopedia right at your fingertips, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a really Cheaters. good movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey. We used to have to like, hold on. Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll be back. Okay. Yeah. If you guys get a chance to check this movie out, you really should. Um, it's really good. And it See actually uses, it actually uses art as one of the uh, inspirations for a revolt against like this current um, government that's implemented. And I think it's after, you know, of course it's like a post-apocalyptic kind of thing and there's a big change and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's, you know, the, the cool thing about like a lot of these movies and like this, this story that we're talking about right now, is like, there's a, you know, people want to be safe, you know what I mean? And there's a reliance on on things that are implemented and we kind of fall into place with it sometimes. But no matter what, the human spirit still kind of conquers through it, you know what I mean? While you're here, um, a question from the chat, can all groups of people that believe the same thing be labeled a cult following? Uh, I think you, I think we want to look up the definition of cult. Like, right. uh, like if everybody believes in, I, I, I don't think so. I think that a cult implies that there's a uh, implicitly a leader, mm. uh, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that it implies that there's a little, uh, deceit potentially going on, or maybe something, maybe not. I don't know. I I, I, I would look be precise like me. I, I, it doesn't sound as simple as that. I think a cult is a little bit more nuanced than just a large group of people that believe in the same thing, and um, and again, just uh, the same thing could mean a whole world of you know whole fractal of things uh, means a few things uh, <laughs> literally conspiracy theories i thought i thought this was feelings <laughs> well i uh yeah no, i tapped into different. the dictionary here so it has a f- several meanings awesome let's hear let's hear the first one and this is miriam webster and, and again not that any uh, group of people making dictionaries are the complete authority but that is always where i start <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, i've argued i'm saying i've argued with dictionary before but let's start here oxford languages it seems okay a okay. system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object there you Correct. go <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as a <laughs> as strange or sinister yeah mm-hmm. um nothing to, i wonder what uh what equilibrium, what it says like about the movie there too, because I'm curious, I've never seen it. Let's see what it says. Um, you know, Gabe, I, I love watching things and reading things on uh, neuroscience and stuff like that too. And uh, we were talking sure. about like the human condition um, and there's been a lot of research and study lately on um, uh, our own 
decisions you know what i mean like what makes yep. us human is like the decisions that we make right uh and there's been a lot of um pretty interesting finds lately on things that are uh that the, the determining factors is like what makes our decisions like the fact that i'm going to move my arm right now you know what i mean like sure the whole free will thing free right willy, that, but the free will <laughs> free thing. yeah yeah the free will thing yeah exactly and they're finding that there's up to seven seconds of uh, activity in the brain before we even make those decisions and things like that you know and this can be like sure. life-changing decisions marriage children you know what i mean um sure. am i gonna am i gonna drink am i gonna smoke you know what i mean oh. all those things it, it's incredible it's incredible to me to to like kind of put that into a theory as far as like well so what exactly is it like is it an autonomous thing is it like are we part of something that's kind of like you know that whole idea of like this cult idea of like things are laid out before us and we've already had this plan laid out for us and so like that are we a part of something bigger i don't know it's pretty interesting man but it it, it definitely puts things into perspective as far as like um our physical selves too you know yeah the fact that we're capable of questioning and diving into this for me, like it really leads me to be like, you know, uh, this is, you know, again, I don't give a fuck what Oxford says the definition of heaven is. I think right. our experience, currently my experience, our experience, anybody on this call's experience is this is heaven, right? Now it could also yeah. be hell for people that, you know, if their consciousness is not as fortunate as ours to, you know, be in the conditions that we didn't you know, that we were not in control of, right? There's people that grew up fucking horrendous. I mean, I, I'm sure that we all, I know that we all had our hardships, but there's people in this world that are dead by five, right? So, you know, after being, you know, ending up in really shitty spots, right? So that consciousness is going through a, a living hell. But point is for me, like, this is it. And uh, the, the religions that kind of forego or, or manipulate what we're doing now because of, what happens after we die or an afterlife that for me it, gets, it angers me even more uh, although i try not to try to be chill because it just is what it is but it's like right. you know well it, and that know. if that's the case then it seems like there'd be like uh that core thing that you're talking about ricardo it comes from somewhere in other words like that right. this is heaven or hell uh that's right. like an expression of something that you don't really know where it came yeah. from in some cases but yeah yeah you know that's the exactly essence it. The essence of it right this the, the something's bigger than us for sure i think and i agree with gabe you know what i mean like it's it's up to you to decide on what it is that you believe you don't believe and stuff like that and more power to you as long as it's not harming somebody in a, in a personal way or like a, a physical way you know what i mean i think um and I, I love that i love the fact that we can all have our own opinions and stuff like that i love the fact of being able to sit down across from somebody and then actually have the opposite opinion of me you know what i mean that that's more interesting to me than somebody that's going to totally agree with me i mean don't get me wrong i love it when i can sit down and have like the, that expressive feeling that somebody is thinking the same way you feel part of something bigger for sure but i think it's great whenever somebody has the opposing fact and you can actually have a discussion with them and i think that's the most important part but like um i think that there is you know there is a connectedness to us you know what i mean and i think there is something larger and i think that uh we have to kind of like sorry i got a i got a question just a little like what does something larger mean like yeah something large, yeah i mean the earth is larger if i'm gonna i mean fucking I, I the new york city is larger than me like like what do you mean there's something larger like what is that let's i want to narrow well, down that a little bit i don't understand the definition of something larger i wish i could tell you exactly what it is that i that i that i think it might be i mean i think it i think it'd be um i think i would be 
like the universe is infinitely big or not infinitely big right i don't we don't know how big it is but it like well that's what i'm that's i think that's more or less what i'm talking about i think that i think that the conditions that we live in we're we're um indoctrinated to a certain point to believe heaven hell or some kind of like you know or like some kind of um religious belief or something like that for sure in like all cultures and some, yeah I just mean consciousness. Yeah. Like yeah, a connectedness and consciousness. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, I, I agree with you, Gabe. I think that the this universe is so large. I think that the world is way older than what we think, than what we realize. I think that there's been more of our societal kind of standards as far as like the elevation of our technology and stuff like that. I think there's been other technologies that have come before us that we've lost that have been just as effective as the ones that we have now, as far as like medicines, as far as construction, as far as like so, living so, situations. So are you thinking like, you know, clearly, you know, people made the pyramids, you know, they, they knew some shit we didn't, or are you talking like Graham, Graham Hancock, uh, ancient uh, earth type of stuff? I'm just trying to figure out the frame of reference here. I'm talking about the fact that like we are, okay so this whole ai thing right we're going back to the whole ai thing with it is like we've we're coming to this crescendo as far as what we feel like think about the year 2000 like everybody was like freaking out because like the, the computers are going to set back and we're going to lose all our lines of credit all the yeah, cash and stuff like that some people were but no, no real yeah exactly were. exactly okay so think about that for example you know what i mean like there's some parts of people that, that they're looking at it like in a in a very effective way right in a very like this isn't going to happen, dude. Everybody calm the hell down. And like, uh, I, I think I'm looking at it as there's been not necessarily Graham Hancock, but I think it's kind of, I think it's all meshed together. I think science, uh, spiritual belief and stuff like that. I think it all kind of comes from, comes from the same place. And I think that we've put terms and like definitions and stuff like that on it, that kind of um, place it, you know, on a certain kind of shelf, you know, like that's. Yeah. No, no. Are you talking like, you know, uh there's a scientific there's massive huge scientific questions that we're all trying to tap into and in the past the human brain was making up myths and fairy tales to try to figure out what the fuck was going on and now uh we've got it or or you again well also acknowledging like i said pyramids are a feat that you know those people made them you know back then uh and we can't make them now right so like uh, you know, in the aqueduct systems and all that shit, right? Like, you know, some of it, right, they made back then and it still fucking exists like now, 3,000, some 6,000 years later, right? Uh, but like, or are you thinking they were like zooming around and, you know, the air fire chariots were UFOs or like, I'm just trying to figure out how far out we're going to go here with this. I think it's more like a Joseph Campbell kind of thing where he talks about myths and legends and things like that are, uh -huh. are, yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are created as an explanation as far as our uh -huh. comprehension goes. And I'm, I think that's what it is that I'm trying to talk about more than anything else is like the comprehension. The, um, the current state of things is that like uh, we are so attached to these same things that we're using right now, these, these um, implements for information, they, like, they can be used as information like we just used them. Um, and they can be used for expanding our, our, our comprehensive, our comprehension on, on our, on our culture. And I think that you're right. I, and I agree with you. And I agree with like Joseph Campbell and stuff like that too, where these myths and legends are, are used to kind of explain what it is that is unexplainable. You know what I mean? And I think there's more and more science, there's more and more 
technology. There's more and more discoveries, even like since LIDAR has, has come about, you know, we've, we've been discovering older and older artifacts and things like that too. And it's you incredible. saw the, you saw the Guatemalan uh, discovery uh, headline. I, I, I take it in the, in the pictures. The Guatemalan one. I'm not familiar with that. I know that there's uh, a, it, the, yesterday I, uh, I caught the headline that there was a, uh, uh, Oh, if you do a search for LIDAR in Guatemala, you know, it'll probably be, and then uh, sort by by date, it'll probably show up. They found like a, a massive, uh, you know, city complex in uh, the, the jungles of Guatemala, um, where they, you know, previously had oh, not yeah. thought that there had been many people, you know. So it's just like, you know, here, here's another massive, you know, South American, uh, you know, city, you know, from yeah, 2000 years ago. Clearly man-made, right? I mean, oh yeah, oh dude, it was like a full city. Yeah, it was like a thousand that. settlements. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. I can see it right now. That's in, that's amazing. Um, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. I think that, like, I think as humans, we're always at the forefront. We're always at our most. We we put ourselves on this pedestal above everything else. I think is, and I don't know what the deal is, man. I think that we've there's so much technology there's so much information that's been kind of buried in our past and stuff like that and i think that joseph campbell was hitting the nail on the head when he's saying that this information has just been passed down but through different stories and the stories have also mutated and things like that too you know what i mean sure. um but yeah i think there's two different things though to be said right now you're talking about like a, I, I think consciousness is like almost like a connected power source um essentially yeah. um and energy because essentially even all of this ai doesn't have that it can be turned off and that's the right. essence that you're speaking about is that there's well, some sort of connectivity. Can turned off they, they can be turned off too, but then um, they, the energy doesn't cease to exist. Right. Like it turning it off, it's turning it off. Uh, well, wait, so well, our energy that, doesn't. No, so, our that, so, so sorry, I just want to make sure we're hitting the same uh, goalpost goalposts or, or, or that I'm clear about it, right? So turning it off or dying is a pretty similar thing, right? So uh but what you're saying is that the uh, humans uh or some humans right like again some some people will not leave any mark on on their fellow humans and some make a tremendous one that we talk about thousands of years later um was that so like if there was an ai that uh people mourned would that make it you know uh -huh. so you know now you could turn it off and people are mourning it uh potentially even and i'm not saying it exists now but you know, there there certainly have been AIs that have made chess moves, you know, winning chess moves that made lots of chess grandmasters think to themselves, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, right? I don't think like, that's what I'm talking about. I think what okay. I'm talking about is only derived from human, that that type sort of energy. It's the consciousness that I think that we're talking about that connects with other humans. Yeah, scientific fact is energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred. Well, sorry, just to keep on this, what about like, so dogs or, or animals that die, they leave, you know, arguably a pretty long lasting emotional uh, mark. Does that, that send uh, back to what the study was that you read recently about the differences, the hyper differences, you know, when you've talked about being on an island or was that you, Ricardo? And uh, the behavior. Of I, was, uh, I was the one that had uh, listened to the podcast about the uh, uh, human babies and uh, chimpanzee babies mm. on the deserted island. No, no, I wasn't even thinking. No, that's a uh, that that's pretty that 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 experiment 
was based on uh, instinctual, like what's instinctual and what's not basically. Like if you take a, again, if you take a human being and put them in isolation, uh, you know, what are the things that are different, you know, uh, you know, again, similar to a, a chimpanzee baby or, or different, um, but it wasn't anything, uh, but it wasn't really in that snack of the woods, I don't think. Or I wasn't making the connection at least. You know what? It, Gabe brought it up, and Gabe, Gabe brought up the fact about the babies and stuff like that. And I was talking about monkeys being on islands, separate islands. That how they've they're separated by a vast amount of ocean. You know what I mean? And like those monkeys on one island started washing. One monkey started washing its sweet potato off before it started eating it. To take it down by the water, wash it off, and then would start to eat it, get all the dirt and stuff like that off it. Well, the monkeys as a collective started doing that because they saw one monkey do it, and then over a couple generations of monkeys, they started on other islands, they started witnessing the same thing happening with no communication, nobody talking about it and things like that. You know what I mean? They didn't introduce one monkey from the separate island to the new island to show them how to do it. But suddenly after a few generations of this collective of community of monkeys doing the same process, other monkeys around the world started doing the same thing. So it's like, how did that transfer is my thing. You know, as far as like these stories and things like that, myths, legends, um, the idea of religion and things like that, stories being passed down, um, that can definitely be seen in the idea of us, you know, uh, migrating, you know what I mean? And land masses swelling, going under sea, coming back up, uh, land, land bridges and things like that. That makes sense, you know what I mean? But how is it that monkeys from thousands of miles or hundreds of miles away are doing the same thing within a couple of generations with oh, okay i mean there's a now have you have you chased down some of the scientific explanations that, that's also happened in you that, that's happened in human beings uh right. you know with with different technologies also right so like if nature is basically rolling the dice right so natural selection is just rolling the dice out hundreds of thousands billions of times over the course of you know tremendous amounts of years um you know uh whatever three thousand years in uh, you know, human beings are at a spot uh, across the world where they're now in a position to be able to wash the potatoes, uh, make a, a, a flint spark, you know, or whatever it might be. So, so there are definitely real rational, solid, um, genetic, uh, Darwinian explanations of why phenomena would pop up in species uh, that are separated uh, in similar time periods. Uh, again, it's kind of like that's kind of like how different wings of evolution work, right? Um, in many ways. And again, I'm not uh, privy to the specific uh, monkeys, although I think I've heard of it and, and uh, it sounds familiar. Uh, I'm just uh, proposing, you know, there are definitely, you know, ways where, uh, again, as genetics are rolling the dice, uh, uh, you know, and over the generations, you know, uh, more, you know, certain things are more likely to occur, you know. Um, and it's crazy, you know. To your, to your, oh, you know, one of the things I was thinking uh, when you were, when you just real quick, and then I, I'll yield the floor again. But I was thinking how ironic it is, you know, you're the when we're talking about past civilizations, you know, and I was just thinking about South America, right? And it was like, you know, when the Spanish really came in, or at least as far as I can tell at this point, you know, when the Spanish came in, the it was disease and it was a virus that fucking really went in there and kind of wiped out everybody. Uh, ahead of the, the Spanish and the same thing up in North America. I'm here and my, my ancestors were the uh, pilgrims who did similar things with, you know, the uh, uh, people up here. So the point is, um, I thought how ironic is, oh, wait a minute. 
you know, <laughs> we know how vulnerable human populations are to fucking viruses. It could literally take out fucking, you know, whole civilizations. It's uh, amazing that. Yeah, I just think how ironic that is. And then <laughs> carrying on with my life, thinking about viruses and how it could take out humanity. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it's 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 being noted as one of the reasons that the the Mayans and the, and the Aztecs and things like that were wiped out within a couple generations too. Oh, they considered it a, the act of God. It was proof. I fucking can't stand that shit when people are like, "That's proof that our God is right." It's like yeah. when, when people use their dirty, or not, and again, whether it was intentional or not, when it uses horrible, dirty tactics, and then the consequences are proof that they were right. That's like the, it's like the worst of the salt in the wounds. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm going on mute. Thanks, everybody. I'm listening. Okay. Thank you for your input, Gabe. I appreciate it, man. And I, and I agree. I think that there is like a, a very physical, but at the same time, some kind of like, I, I just, I, I guess I'd maybe, we're thinking that we know how to uh, define it and determine it and say it now. You know what I mean? But I think that that connection has always been there in some way or another. That was all I'm trying to say. Um, have you guys ever heard of Sun Yan? I think uh, is his name. I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but Lauren, if you pull up um, Sun Yan, S-U-N-Y-U-A-N, um, him and a lady named Pung Yu, P-U-N-G, P-U-N-G-Y-U. Uh, they created this installation in the Guggenheim exhibit. Uh, and speaking of like, you know, what makes something real or not, you know what I mean? I think there's this perspective that we kind of put on things that kind of make them feel like that they're part of a, of our life or, or they have life. And um, they made this um, experiment or this uh, installation where there's this robot this robotic arm that is um is designed to kind of start leaking fluid. Yeah. Oh, I saw on. that. Yeah. Um, I, and I've never felt sorry for a ro robot before. That's exactly it. So when it first, when the installation was first installed, it would only leak small amounts of of oil. Well, this this uh, the technology that they made for this uh, robot and the way they made it operate is it's supposed to collect its own oil in order for it to keep operating and it knows that. So it, it is um, made to leak out more and more and it's built to be faulty, right? And the whole point is for you to stand back behind that glass and see the whole thing happen. Um, I watched the video on it and it's pretty incredible on a few different layers, right? Uh, you first start realizing what it is that you're watching. And after a few minutes, you start kind of having, you start developing these emotions for it even, like you said, Amber. Yeah, I, I felt horrible. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. If you guys get a chance to check it out, I brought this up with Bruno and those guys and Jason and Kira a while back, and um, we talked about it a couple times. But it's pretty neat to think about the fact that, like, uh, is it what is it that's exactly that's making it real? You know what I mean? And I think it's just our perspective, the human perspective, that kind of. And you know, yes. I think that was the whole, the whole point of the, the installation, right? But yeah, you know. I think it's our empathy for anything, even animatronic at this point. Uh -huh. Anything that shows, you know, any kind of human traits, most people feel empathy for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just that, but it's technology. You know what I mean? So like yeah, that that's the kind of layered thing that I was talking about, like whenever you experience this and you watch the video, you know what I mean? It, it's like 
there's a lot of different layers to it. There's, um, you know, there's that, like I said, there's that element of you're just watching a machine at first and then you start to kind of um, put your own emotions towards it. So like, I think that's what I'm saying about like that whole idea of the utopia that Jacques Fresco talked about is like the idea is novel. The idea is awesome. It'd be great to be able to live in a society where we don't have that. But at some point, how do you extract that that deep inherent thing? Like Gabe was talking about that, like that DNA processing that we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if we could do it. I mean, you eliminate culture, you eliminate the idea that people aren't going to create art, the idea that people aren't going to create these new stories and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then who decides what stories we do get to read? Who decides what stories are pertinent enough to us for us to learn? And what about education? What does that do for our education then? You know what I mean? Are we just taught that this is, these are the three rules, you know what I mean? Like Isaac Asimov kind of said about like um, the robot the robot laws and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, um, I would think getting rid of like eliminating the need for work and having all your basic needs met by AI would cultivate a culture of more philosophers and artists and musicians. Yeah, you would think so, right? Because you wouldn't be chasing that 40 hour a week and people could dedicate their, more people could dedicate their lives to philosophy and psychology and understanding the human condition rather than trying to stifle the human condition. Well, you know, that's that's interesting that you say that because there was um I went to the Philly tattoo convention a long time ago. It's it's one Jason and I worked out before we knew each other. I didn't meet him there. Um, it was the first time I really like talked to Guy Atchison. I bought the book from him at the time and stuff like that. He was up there with another uh, panel of artists that were just oil painting. Um, it was an amazing experience. Um, but when I was there, I couldn't check into the hotel. So I went to the Philly uh, Art Museum. And there was um, a section. I love that museum. Yeah, there was a section where they they had a bunch of like plates that people had etched for printing. You know what I mean? And there was a there was an artist there. I can't remember his name, but it was I think it was in the what like I can't remember what year it was. But either way, no technology like we have now. No no electricity that we know of and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And this kid was seventeen, and he etched this wall size print you know what i mean and by the time he was 17 you know what i mean and like maybe you're right you know what i mean maybe we don't need all these distractions and stuff like that maybe we do need more of a state where we all kind of feel the same or not feel the same but have the same things kind of like at our at our fingertips at our disposal you know maybe that is the case because i mean maybe then you would have more time to kind of focus on things that would be creative rather than because i tattoo so many people and and it's unfortunate but it's fortunate that I get to tattoo them, but like they hate their jobs. You know what I mean? They're working these 35 year long jobs and stuff like that for the pension that they get at the end of it, that hopefully they get to enjoy more than five or six years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I read a statistic the other day and it's kind of a morose one, but like it said, you know, everybody celebrates 50, like it's like halfway mark, but that's what the interpretation and the idea and the perspective that you're going to live to a hundred, you know, when it's, Mm. On, on average more and more of us are starting to live longer and longer but most likely you get like 80 years for sure you know yeah, well I mean? not for the last couple our, uh, our average age has gone down keeps going down 78 does it really it has yeah wow and then I mean, like the covid entire... fucking killed a million plus people so it's not like a surprise but the average age uh, yeah we're down to 78 american males at least that's 
think the emails might still be up there near 80, but so yeah. 50 is three quarters of the way if you're lucky. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly it. So when you turn 30, and I only have four years left until I hit it. Oh, girl, you're good. Yeah, I'm hitting 15. Like as far two. as I'm concerned, it's halfway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Old keeps yeah. getting older. I know. I'm, just, I'm, uh, I'm counting every year as a bonus year. I know, right? Tell me about it, dude. 23, I hit 23. I was like, oh my God, I'm 24 now. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Sorry, I'm um, going to brag just a little. Uh, my daughter just texted that for uh, Christmas or for her birthday, she wants a uh, Oxford Dictionary. Ironically. She really? Yeah. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she's, uh, yeah, she just texted about the Oxford Dictionary. So I was like, it's kind of uh, well, like I said. I had, to, I had to mention it because we were just looking at the actual dictionary. Is it weird that I have a favorite dictionary? No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I have I'm, tons of dictionaries, and my favorite is my Webster's Encyclopedic Collegiate Dictionary. Nice. It's got lists and names in the back, and it's got French to English tr translations, English to Spanish translations, and German, and it's got every word you can possibly think of. It doesn't have awesome. a spine anymore, but <laughs> I love that dictionary. I'm in it all the time. Awesome. Well, there's that connection that we were talking about, right, Gabe? Well, there's a good, yeah, one of them for sure. It's uh, uh, language. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. There's a with your daughter podcast, you can talk about like <laughs> yeah exactly with your daughter going hey i want a webster's dictionary and you're like wait that's crazy we were just talking about that yeah i mean i can't imagine or maybe you can't imagine like how many times uh she's like been like stop i'm not gonna look it up in the dictionary dad i'm just saying that's what this word is I'm like, oh. <laughs> no she wants the definitive but again you know part of it is i don't mind arguing with uh any source of authority languages uh, at our bequests or at, uh, you know, at our service, you know, not the other way around. Uh, although if you're running a business, it's probably best to be very clear with your language. And, you know, that's where the tattoo business gets crazy because artists inherently have to use, you know, colorful poetic language. And uh, it's really hard to scale that in business because it's uh, uh, by design, poetic and ambiguous sometimes. Anyways. Language is an art we can't live without. Oh, no. I mean, and again, it's what makes us uh, part of what makes us uh, who we are. Like, again, as far as that uh, spirit of humanity is concerned. Again, that was, that's the other amazing thing about language is that, uh, you know, our brains are wired for it. So, you know, you could take a baby from America and grow them up in China or vice versa or anywhere. And that baby is going to learn the language, you know, of that area and also physiologically like hear the sounds of the language and be able to actually make the sounds of the language, uh, you know, and again, after whatever, I don't know, seven, eight, 10, 15, you know, there's just uh, sounds you're not, you haven't heard. So you're not in tune with hearing uh, and therefore you can't make, uh, so it's, which is nuts, you know, human brains are, you know, obviously, uh, the most funnest thing in the world <laughs> well it's also systemic too right wouldn't you say it's like it's a kind of a systemic thing that affects like uh the way we comprehend things too you know what i mean like, i think that there's language there's, uh, la language absolutely okay, well, it frames it 
Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, there's like a, there's a lot of emotional things that kind of come into play with the way that we relate to things like that are said too, you know? I mean, just as, as, as little as like the inflection of, of a word even can, can change the definition of it entirely. No. You don't think so? You don't think the way that you use was, a word? That was, that be... was, that, I was trying oh. to. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, nice sure. one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. No. I believe you. Okay. I think you are 100% correct on that. <laughs> Yeah, man. So it's pretty wild, but it's, it's also that, like that thing that we keep going back to, which is just like human connection to things. You know what I mean? The emotional part of it, the, the intellectual part of it. So bringing that into this actual medium as a medium, the zoom medium, uh, I, you know what? I think it was actually in the same study or same podcast. Uh, they were talking about the different connection points, right? So like, um, and the difference between having a connection point over the computer versus in real life. And so I, I felt like, you know, oh, and they were lighting up the brain, right? So they, they, they you know, they were doing the, it was a topical brain, right? So it wasn't like they were inside the brain. They put the, the net on the, on the head and then they would have real world interactions and then Zoom interactions. And they, I think they did this with, mother-daughter pairs, right? So it was like, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that, uh, again, everyone always has to do their own research, but the point is um, there was say like nine spots in the brain that would light up when they were having a real world interaction and like two, two and a half, three spots that would light up over the Zoom. So as far as like all of the different cues that you would have to communicate with, uh, you seriously have, uh, well, remember it was, it was like three, three eighths of the information over Zoom that you would in real life, um, potentially leading to, you know, that would, what, what, what Zoom fatigue, you know, would be, oh man, I just fucking was a three hour Zoom. I can't fucking, you know, um, although a three hour meeting is pretty intense too. Anyways, I thought that was yeah. pretty interesting and obviously kind of, you know, seems right. Um, but on the other hand, during a pandemic or when you have, when you only have this option, you know, three, three communication points out of, out of eight is better than zero. That's what I was just thinking. And what if it's like, honestly, what are the, if they do a study on virtual, you know, those little headsets we've always talked about, the Oculus or whatever. Okay. Yeah, 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 sure. So you're looking at four eights, five eights, half. I'm sure more. you do. Yeah. Cause I remember playing chess and when I lost, I fucking, fucking made the I, fucking stupid move. Uh, the guy that I was playing <laughs> laughed. Because he knew that I was doing that. I was like, oh, wait, we're playing on chat. Like, you can't tell that. Well, yeah, 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 you do. Like, again, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess in that, in that vein, would you ever be able to get to a point where you have, you know, headphones, Oculus glasses, you know, so you could get up to six to seven of those, you know, major convincing points. You can almost convince the brain, you know, it's reality. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, give us a hundred years if we don't fucking get wiped out by a virus, leave no fucking trace behind. We're not even going to leave pyramids behind. Know. You know, we're not going to leave nothing behind. You know, sorry, okay. One last thing. When I had the shop, I, 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 I did actually have a dream at one point if I was, when I was able to buy real estate to lay down a, a foundation that was the shape of the logo, like just this big, massive concrete foundation that was the compass. 
and then have uh, you know a thousand pound fucking metal reflective uh, compass for on the ceiling on the on the roof. So that when planes were flying overhead, they'd see the reflection of this big ass fucking you know roof compass. And uh, yeah, and then I was you know in my wildest imagination after the whole building washed away, the foundation would still be there. But then uh, I, I never had a lawyer, so I got fucked, and that was that. Anyways. Um, be pretty fun. That'd be pretty fun to do something like that, man. Just make them kind of. <laughs> it's like the whole premise behind Futurama. You know what I mean? Like uh, the the facts that we know about are now they're just uh-huh. like oh, they're screwing it all up, and they they're just making these absurd, <laughs> you know, like assumptions about the way life was in the 20th century and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So the 21st century. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, that that's interesting as hell. Like that's uh you know we were talking about graham hancock and stuff the other day like one of the things that they're they're starting to assume now is like like the technology that was used to build the pyramids and stuff like that you know like the whole vibration and like frequencies and stuff like that that we have tapped into more recently but it's like for some reason we don't implement it at all you know um i think it's pretty cool it'd be pretty fun to see like a a shop with the compass in it though gabe that would have been awesome yeah, well, it'll be uh, maybe it'll be something uh, guy oriented. My uh, no compasses that, that that ship sailed or sunk, and uh, but I have thought you know there there is a, a project out there. You know, for me, it's the uh, end result of like a tattoo studio, right? Like to leave the mark on the on the earth. Um, although I suppose it really is humanity that what tattooing is about. Maybe that's why it failed. Is because uh, you know it's supposed to be. Oh, well, we're tattooing people. We're doing great tattooing people. Point is. You know, you're leaving permanent marks on people, right? And so that's the, uh, you know, the part that is, you know, makes the whole thing worse. I mean, it's, it's why we're all here, really, clearly. And, uh, you know, when you, when you create, you know, effects on people that are compounding and positive, you know, and they wake up every single day and feel a little bit better about themselves or, you know, they remember, you know, whoever it was that they wanted to remember and uh, or their pet or whatever, you know, it, it does drag on that spirit or that memory, you know, another... 60 years 40 years 30 years you know uh but anyway point is to that to that person it's like (laughs) everything every day and uh you know it's pretty amazing to be able to help help facilitate the mark on humanity i guess is 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 the real point you know that's you know like i said that's all just fucking grandiose it is kind of fun to think about and i think you know i could i could justify it morally as the tattoo on an earth on the earth but uh but the you know it, it does distract uh, from the fact that, you know, it's real simple. Just tattoo on people, make them happy, and come back with their friends. You've got a career doing cool stuff on people. And they're literally going to wake up thinking a little bit better about themselves every day for the rest of their lives. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can't ship that shit overseas. At some point, uh, you know, a robot's going to be able to do an adequate job at it. But the point is, you know, just like for the best tattooers, the clients are the favorite part you know the often the client's favorite part is also the interaction with the actual person and uh, you know so the tattooers are like i'm not a therapist or whatever uh you know they might actually have probably the worst of the time of it right um but not, not that you should be a therapist because that takes professional <laughs> you know that, that takes you know professional education um but you know you're somewhere in between you know you're like a bartender therapist like you know yeah. don't, don't trust me i'm drinking you know but i've heard it all and most therapists what? suck too. Yeah, they, you get that that um, meme that's always running around where people are posting like on Facebook or Instagram. It's like I need to set up my next therapy session. 
I wonder when uh -huh. my tattoo, tattoo therapy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's just because there's such an intimacy in tattooing someone because, you know, you're sharing space and there's an energy transfer. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Permanently. Well, not permanently. But... With AI. What was that, game? Yeah. I was going to say it's a permanent transfer. So, so I was going to say, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It's a permanent transfer. You know, when, when you said that you can't get that emotional connection with an AI, like I said, like I, I'm definitely down with like, you know, the, kind of trying to inherently know the difference. But I also know that you, you, you betcha people have, a, I bet within 10 years, somebody will probably end up killing for an AI out of some weird, like, like people get, maybe they won't, maybe that's a little, but, but like there's definitely emotional attachments to uh, AI, right? So like, or to, to or there, there could be, and there will be. And uh, again, yeah. part, part of it, if you think about, you know, right now, the same algorithms that are running on images, you know, could be running through the, you know, bettertherapy.com or, you know, I mean, all of the stuff that, uh, all the data points for all of our psychologies. Uh, I'm sorry, what I might propose is, I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years, there's an AI that could communicate with you through a device that you become more attached to than a person. You know, we all have our own agendas. If there's an AI that could dish out just like, you know, social media does, uh, you know, you know, the perfect, you know, partner for my genetic combination in this environment that I'm at, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if 20% of the population is like, fuck it, dude. I'm gonna, or lady, I'm gonna hang out. You know, they just get sucked into the AI like, thing. You know? Imagine like a perfect business partner, or like you know, a perfect employee, or a yeah. perfect friend. Yeah, we're super soldiers. A perfect <laughs> chef. A perfect chef would be awesome. I would love it. But yeah, there's food. definitely no line, so it can easily be crossed. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're uh, uh, in the Blade you're Runner. Really 20, crossing the line. Uh, there was a, a good line in a uh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, should I, did I lose it? There was two of them. One of them is when uh, the dog was walking by, uh, one of the guys was like, is the dog real? And uh, Harrison Ford's character was like, I don't know, ask it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just kind of in some ways, I guess, where, where was the other? There was another bad or crazy line in there. Uh, oh, it'll come back to me. I'm sorry. The, Oh, 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 the other line was there was uh, the part of the storyline is there's an AI, like a holographic AI uh, woman partner for, for this. Uh, well, I think it was an Android, right? So, but, but the point is, one of the things that she said was like, you don't like real women, do you? Or real people. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's because if, you know, you could potentially have an entity that's there, again, like catering to it, not, not that it would even be healthy. Uh, but it would be catering to, you know, again, your food choices, you know, your, you know, entertainment choices. Uh, and, and just like with that fucking arm, you know, that you feel sorry for, you know, yeah. that's, that's just what we get over a fucking little video that we might be watching on our phone. You know, if there's a whole environment designed to manipulate, or not even manipulate, but just designed to facilitate interacting with well, I don't know. Yeah, with AI. Well, again, mostly I'm, I'm still down with trying to figure out how to separate it. I just want to be careful that um, a lot of the metaphors that we, we have to really zero in. And like I said, it's like it's easy to turn stuff off. Right. But like, you know, or, or people, most people aren't very creative. Right. So it's like 
you know, does an AI have to be creative to actually be intelligent when most human beings aren't, you know, or, or, or what, you know, it just gets really, uh, really kind of crazy. But, okay. Well, you know, there's a, um, did you ever watch Rick and Morty, Gabe? No, Rick and Morty. I, I, oh, I've you heard have to Rick watch it. It's a pretty funny yeah, show, I, man. Yeah, I feel like I've watched a couple, maybe with Marcus, Rick and Morty. What's the... Uh, Rick and Morty. I kind of see it in my head. No. It's a, car, it's a cartoon. It guys. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's an episode where uh, this guy's living a life and stuff like that. He has a heart attack, you know what I mean? And he goes back to this job and stuff like that that he hated where he had the heart attack to begin with. He ends up dying. It's something like Carpet Factor or something like that, I think. And the carpet rolls fall on top of him and kill him. Well, it snaps back into so-called reality, and this this kid Morty is playing a video game called Ralph's Life or something like that. I oh yeah, what, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh my god, how stupid were you? You had a heart attack and went back to the same job you hated. That's no way to play a game. You know what I mean? But uh -huh. the kid, like the kid's sitting there saying, oh, "What is real, man?" He's like, "Was that my real life?" You know, like because he in the in the game you live an entire life. You know what I mean? It's pretty crazy. So it, it kind of goes into like what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like what is real? What what can we believe is real? You know what I mean? Uh, it's a pretty funny show. You know what I mean? It's pretty crude and stuff like that. But they they bring up some interesting topics and like some pretty cool, um, you know, dimensional things, man. It's fun. Yeah. Check is that it out. the guy that just got, uh, just got the boot for, I don't actually, I guess I probably shouldn't be. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think so. I think we're talking about the same dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, Evil Morty. I love this, this show. It's one yeah. of my favorite shows. Yeah. yeah. And it's very smartly written. Yeah, you know, like I said, Marcus uh, showed me a, a caught an episode or two. I, you know, I'm, I'm relatively particular. I'm not, uh, what did I, I did recently like, there's a, on Netflix, there's a, a cartoon about conspiracies uh, fuck, it's amazing. It's like 20 minute episodes. There's a, a, a scientist lady whose dad's a crazy maniac. They're all crazy maniacs. It's not ringing a bell for anybody? Maybe I'm not Google. sure. We'll find out. Yeah. Great. My dad is yeah. a mad scientist? No, no, no. It's like a conspiracy or something, or like uh, Netflix animated conspiracy cartoon. It's funny as fuck. Inside job. Inside job. There we go. Oh, I've seen right. that advertised. I haven't watched it yet, but now I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's worth it an episode or two. And uh yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. See human and AI. Got the volume down, but that's what it looks like. Oh yeah, okay. I'll have to check that out. You know, I think I did catch a couple episodes, and it did have that same kind of feel that the Rick and Morty kind of show, the Rick and Morty show kind of had. I mean, I'm old, and I'm old, so it like, uh, feels like Simpsons to me. But yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's funny as fuck. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's another one of those uh, smartly written. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. And there's a lot more physicists coming out and saying that the the idea of us living in a simulation and things like that are are possible you know what i mean oh, whatever yeah everything's possible <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's really big too man it's bigger than us yeah but like come on awesome. you know uh 
living in a computer. I mean, yeah, I, I fucking, you know, on the way out, you know, I'm hoping to fucking God, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be wrong on yeah. this one. Like if yeah. I was ever more sure that I wanted to be wrong, it's in right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm definitely down with the transfer of energy again to the point of tattooing is, you know, you're, you're dealing with death way, way more often than most people. And the energy transfer is way more pronounced. Clearly it's actually marked on somebody's body forever, or, you know, till they're dead. And, uh, but I'm also not convinced that, uh, you know, after we die, there's anything more than fucking what was there before. And uh, I'm going to be very sad to not experience it. But uh, I really, like I said, I hope uh, that, you know, I meet fucking St. Peter or the fucking aliens or whoever it might be. But uh, I don't know, I'm not going to count on it, I guess. Anyways, on that note. Well, <clears throat> on that note, it is rolling up on yeah. 1030. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to go around and show off what you've been working on this episode? Yeah, sure. I can show you guys real quick. I didn't get too much further than where I'm at. Well, it's just the underpinning stage. Before it was actually, we were just kind of seeing the uh, right side of it. So mm -hmm. this is a better view. Yeah. It's just acrylic on canvas real quick. You know what I mean? Um, real okay. messy. Yeah. That's fun. I'll add some other little little things going on around the uh, the edges, the, the the borders and stuff like that here later. With some colors in the background and everything. It'll be fun. But um, yeah, guys, Morgan, what are you or Amber? What have you been working on? Um, I am actually making a watercolor background for a painting. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a acrylic painting over top of it. But I'm starting out with this watercolor background. Cool. They're pretty wild, huh? Yeah, I'm kind of an abstract artist. Nice. All Sweet, right. Guys. Gabe, thanks for joining today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, Enjoy no worries. It. Thanks for, uh, for having me. Yeah. Lauren, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you. Yeah, anytime. Uh, so what can we expect next week? Do you have anything on your, on your radar that you're going to be working on? No, I think um, I'll be getting closer to being finished with this. Maybe pick up a couple pictures and share the experience and stuff like that. Um, I think I'm going to take like some progress photos and stuff. So maybe I can share some of that stuff. Um, I am working on a couple pr pretty big tattoos this week too. So I might be talking about that and like the clients, uh, the relationship between the tattoo artist and the client. I think this is a perfect preface for it today. Um, we can kind of go over some of the things that I've encountered with uh, this uh, a client in particular as far as um, uh, uh, taking ideas and translating them, you know what I mean? Being able to communicate with the, with the client and uh, getting on the same page and ha having them realize and feel that, they're, that we're on the same page and so with that, we're gonna try to give them the best uh, image that we can as far as our style and what the styles that it is that they do bring in and then what to expect out of uh, your style versus the tattoo art that they're bringing in for you as a reference, you know what I mean? So some things like that. Awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for joining in and watching. Um, you can always listen to this podcast on Spotify as well. So don't forget to, if you'd like to, with all of the Reinventing the Tattoo podcast shows there. Um, and we'll see you guys again next week. Thank you, Ricardo. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have Appreciate a good day. It. Peace.